You're listening to CHUOFM broadcasting from the University of Ottawa at 89.1 FM. Welcome to another edition of In Transition. I thought that we'd leave uh, Dizzy Reese play his great tune Groovesville a little while longer today. My name is Randy McElligot and you're listening to In Transition. And on today's show, we're going to be featuring some music from the great vibist Terry Gibbs. And we're also going to be listening to some comments from him regarding uh, the Dorsey years, uh, the Dream Band sessions that we're going to listen to as well. Terry Gibbs' um, impressions of uh, the bebop years on 52nd Street and his impressions of uh, Woody Herman, the time spent with Woody Herman and Buddy DeFranco. That and a whole lot more on this edition of In Transition. We're going to start off this afternoon with, uh, I think, one of the great vocalists to come out of Ottawa. Her name is Anna Williams, and I think she has a really bright future ahead of her. Her album, uh, Odyssey, is one that I think everybody should uh, listen to. There's some great tunes on it and some great expressionistic uh, uh, vocals from, uh, from Anna herself. And we're going to listen to a fine example of that right now. This is a, a song, it's a beautiful composition, entitled... Cameroon. Thank you. 
vocals there from Ottawa vocalist Anna Williams from her album Odyssey and we just heard Cameroon. We're going to listen now to certainly one of my favorite sax players Lee Connitz and this was taken for an album from an album rather that he made uh, quite a number of years ago it's called Medium Rare. It's um, a composition that's very familiar to many uh, musicians and fans out there a tune written by Chick Corea. This one is the uh, beautiful Crystal Silence. <laughs>
Annie Devanier, this one goes out to you. Sarah Vaughn, uh, actually, Ernestine Anderson with Skylark. I had to correct myself there because uh, there were some people in the studio who were wondering who that was on vocal, and somebody thought that it might have been uh, Sarah Vaughn. But that was Ernestine Anderson from her album, Isn't It Romantic, uh, with strings, and I highly recommend it. Ernestine was here in Ottawa, I think it was two or three years ago, performing at the Jazz Festival, and I remember many people were blown away by her performance. Just before that, we went um, way back to um, music from Lee Connitz from his album Medium Rare, and we heard Crystal Silence. You're listening to In Transition on CHUOFM. My name is Randy McElligot. Now we're going to go back to a special uh, concert that was given at the Copenhagen Radio House in 1965. This is uh, one of the greatest tenor sax players of all time, Ben Webster, and we're going to listen to the blues in B-flat. Og så spiller Ben Webster blues in B-flat over et af sine egne temaer. Thank you. 
Well, there's a fine example of Ben Webster still at peak form in 1965, playing at the Copenhagen Radio House, and we just heard blues in B-flat. Now we're going to listen to a, a very different vibist. You know, when you look at the world of jazz, you think of the likes of Milt Jackson and Lionel Hampton. But Terry Gibbs, I think, is a different breed. He's actually one of the most hyper of all jazzmen, and even his ballads are taken mostly a double time. Gibbs is a consistently exciting and competitive vibraphonist, has a xylophonist he won an amateur contest when he was only 12, and after spending three years in the military during World War II, Gibbs played on 52nd Street. He actually gigged uh, during the mid and late 40s with the likes of uh, Tommy Dorsey, Chubby Jackson, Buddy Rich, uh, Woody Herman's second herd, and even Benny Goodman in the early 50s. He finally settled in Los Angeles in 1957. Working in the studios, he, uh, he led jazz orchestras. His late 50s versions of uh, what was to be called the Terry Gibbs Dream Band were legendary. We're going to listen to some of those in just a few moments. He was also the music director of the Steve Allen Show during the 1960s. And in the 1980s and 90s, he teamed up in a quintet with the great uh, clarinetist Buddy DeFranco. Gibbs also recorded prolifically as leader for Prestige, Savoy, Brunswick, MRC, Mercury, Verve, Time, Impulse, Dot, Xanadu, Jazz a la carte, and Contemporary, and that's only a few of them. He also along the way had very many fine uh, pianists uh, as sidemen, including uh, Terry Pollard, uh, Pete Jolly on accordion in 1957, and Alice McLeod, who uh, later on to, uh, went on to become Alice Coltrane, and he also had John Campbell as his pianist as well. This afternoon, we're going to listen to mostly his uh, recordings with the Dream Band uh, that he made during the late 50s and uh, just going right into the early 60s. And we're going to listen to some comments from Gibbs himself. Now, I have to warn you that Terry Gibbs talks the way he plays very fast. Now, this was a telephone conversation that was done a few years ago, and you have to listen very, very carefully to what he's saying. We're going to start off with uh, Terry Gibbs from the Dream Band recording and his version of Let's Dance.
There are five CDs out with that band. Of three of them, you, unfortunately, you can't get because uh, Polygram owns two of them. We had them out in Fighting Four and Five on uh, Contemporary Fantasy label. When the lease ran out, we can't find out who to talk to again to have those reissued again because they're collector's items right now. By the way, I'm putting together a, 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 a things, other tapes that were done in other clubs. That's about four or five that have never been put out as original versions of some of the songs. And I just put it back, there's somebody coming to my house uh, today, uh, an engineer, and I'm going to put it together, and it presented to Fantasy First. I have one more Dream Band album come out, which is really great. Other tapes were, uh, as the band, were the ones that, like, for example, from Volume 1 and Seville, we just, that's all we had was 12 arrangements, so we just played the arrangements. As, as we got to play more and more as the band was on, maybe like another year later, we got to open up those arrangements and put solos in them. And I have opened up versions of some of those things. I have one on Opus 1, number one, where Joe Maney and Charlie Kennedy, two of the greatest alto players of all time, uh, play two choruses each, and then they play eight, and then fours, and then two, and ones each, you know. But this, but I have this on, on record. I mean, I have a tape. I'm editing, putting it all together, and then presenting it to Fantasy maybe next week. But I know somebody will pick it up. I know that because of, it's, that band, it, you know, that band is, I never realized how much noise it made all over the world. Franco, Franco and I went to England about, about two, three years ago. We did about 19 cities, small, small little places around there. And the promoter brought our albums that Buddy DeFranco and I recorded. He brought them over there. He had about a, a thousand albums to sell. And then they would sell the album. And, and people in foreign countries, they don't ever knock on your dressing room door. You can see standing there naked after the ball. They walk in for an order. They run into an order. And, and you won't believe how in these little cities how many people would come with all five CDs of the Dream Band, which we weren't, weren't selling at all. I don't know how they got them, but that band is known all over. That's why I go around with, and the library, by the way, now, uh, can be bought by uh, Dave, you know Dave Pell? Yeah, they, they, it's on uh, either terrygibbs.com or davepell.com. And the uh, copies of the original Rangers with the, with the, the Bell Lewis's name on it and Conti's name all marked up, uh, they're all being uh, sold on the uh, copies, are sold on the internet. I was surprised to see all these. I was surprised when the album, when the CD, when the album first came out in 1986, when we actually first put out the first thing on on Fantasy. I was surprised because that, you know, that band. We knew the band was that great, but we were there just having fun. We didn't care about the money or anything. We were there. In fact, the guys made fifteen dollars at the scale. It was fifteen dollars a night they made, and their bar tabs were twenty-three. So they, so you come out, they went there to lose eight dollars a night. I made eleven as a band leader. Some we can hardly wait to get to the job one or two days a week. But, and, but those, and people are, I hate to say it, but people, even the greatest range, are not writing arrangements like that anymore. They're not writing real straight-ahead, straight-ahead music. This is all, in fact, one guy once said, uh, one of the reviewers said, if you can't tap your foot to the dream band, then you're dead. And also, you know, you know, a very big compliment to me is that, you know, in, in life, like Benny Goodman had uh, different personnel changes. You can't help it. You go through different person when you're having big, when you're a band leader. Guys come and go. You can't help that. But the band he had with Gene Cooper and Harry James and Vicky Hellman and Lyle Hamm and Teddy Wilson, that was one of the greatest bands of all time. And then the, uh, Buddy Rich with Tommy Dorsey and, and then Artie had Cal Basie had to have to have two of them. One with uh, uh, Leslie Young and Joe Jones and later on with Joe Williams and that band. He tossed it all those guys. And my band has been considered one of the greatest bands of all time. And that knocked me out when I saw that. No, no, we went to Ve we went to Las Vegas once for two weeks. For two weeks, and we tore up. You couldn't even get it to see. But we were we, we 
for if any other reason but just to play. It was the most undisciplined band you ever saw, and I wanted it that way. The most undisciplined band you ever saw in your life. Look like you were going to see Spike Jones in the same place twice. No, no, we got, we, not, none of this fast. Not even, no, we just, we were just, it was just fun. I mean, you never knew what anybody was, you know, we had a bunch of lunatics in the band. Joe Maney was out, with Frank Rossellino, uh, Connie, you know, the younger days. These guys all there to have fun. It's like a baseball These guys used to root for each other. That was a sample of Terry Gibbs. We're going to hear more from him just after this next number. I just wanted to let you know that uh, you're listening to In Transition on CHUO-FM. My name is Randy McElligot, and we're coming to you live from the Media Skywalk at the University of Ottawa, serving the Ottawa Hall area and surroundings at 89.1. We heard uh, just before from the Dream Band album, Let's Dance, and that was a tune that was uh, recorded by Benny Goodman Many years ago, I remember people listening to that, and uh, that was certainly one of Benny's uh, most famous uh, uh, tunes during the swing era. We're going to listen now to a relatively recent album. It's called 52nd and Broadway. It's a beautiful version of Lemon Drop, and then we're going to hear more comments from the one and only Terry Gibbs. Now that was me scatting bebop, but not everybody that scats uses the same phonetics. For example, Sam Moose has his own language on scatting bebop. So hey Sam, come on in now and scat some bebop.
taking any chance. There were four or five clubs on one side of the street, and of course, there were four or five, there were about eight or nine clubs on one street. And in one club, you see Charlie Parker, and Colvin Hawkins, and Leslie Young, Roy Dizzy Gillespie, Slowly Slut. These were uh, one, one right next door to each other. Little clubs that hold 40, 50 people. See what Charlie Parker did to Leslie. I actually was, I, I gave up playing the vibe for a while, uh, for, a, for a few years, because I had all this technique, I didn't know what to do with it. My idols at that time were like people like Leslie Young and Roy Eldridge, who played so beautiful and, and, and but simple, you know. And I was in a service and, and there was a record band. And like, when I got home, I'm like, one of my closest friends I ever had was a fellow called Tiny Khan, who was a big, talented uh, musician, drummer. And he could hardly wait for to get home to tell him about new music called Bebop. That sounds, Bebop sounds weird as heck, Bebop. It's like me telling you, Jerry, there's new music called I mean, that's how weird that name sounds. Anyhow, he took me here, Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie. And I sort of had a mild nervous breakdown. I didn't believe what they were doing. I didn't know what they were doing, but I was enthralled with them. With all the, I, I, I didn't believe all the notes they played, all the technical things they played, and I followed them around for 15 days. I didn't, my phone couldn't find me. I actually, I go from 50 seconds to 4 o'clock in the morning to a place called Midnight, to 8 or 9, 10, and to a place called Small. Anywhere they went, these guys went and jammed. I followed them and slept in doorways. And uh, I, 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 seriously, I didn't take a, I don't think I bathed for like 12, 13 days. I, I had sort of a break, and then I went back in the service. I was in an army band. We used to make movie pictures. I went back and just playing all these notes. They thought I was crazy. I played these triple time notes, and the first one was always right, and the last one was always right. Little I wasn't too sure, because I didn't know what they were doing. Sonically, they were so far ahead of everybody. Not that at all, because I, like I said, I just followed them around, listening to what they were doing. And they would take... And I, and I didn't, didn't, it took me a little while to even pick up that they were playing standard songs with their own melody. Groovin' High was a song called Whispering. And there were at least eight or ten songs written on the chord changes that I got rid of. But I didn't know that. It was, it was like, it was their songs, you know. I knew, I knew music way before then. I mean, like I said, I, I was a child prodigy. I studied music and I, I knew the chord changes. But I didn't know the chord changes they were playing, the substitutions they were until I got out of the service and got to playing with guys and, and people show each other, you know, you listen and, and somebody will show you this, somebody will show you that, and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, we were, and we were all learning, let's face it, they were only about, what, what, in 1943 or 44 when I heard them, uh, 45 maybe in that area, Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie were so far ahead of anybody and Bud Powell that there were very few players who should have been allowed on stage with them. The only ones I could think of, seriously, that could play with Charlie Park in the, in the late, in the early 40s. To play with Charlie Park, of course, was Dizzy Gillespie, without a doubt. Only two piano players, Bud Powell and Al Hayes. One bass player, Oscar Pettiford. Uh, four drummers, uh, uh, Max Roach, Art Blakey, Kenny Clark, and Stan Levy. Otherwise, there was nobody else should have been allowed on stage with them at all. But nobody could play up to them. And anybody you can name right now came later. I love those comments from uh, Terry Gibbs when he's talking about the bebop years and what it was like with Charlie Parker and Al Haig and the rest of the gang that formed uh, another another uh, segment of this great music that we call jazz. We're going to listen to uh, some more music from Terry Gibbs, but I'd just like to tell you that you were listening to uh, the Limerick Waltz uh, just before that, and in that last set we also heard Lemon Drop,
We're going to listen now to Terry's version of Cottontail, and this was uh, certainly a staple of the Ellington Band, uh, one of the most, certainly one of the most requested songs when uh, Duke Ellington went on tour, and uh, a song that arose from his uh, Harlem years as well. I know that when uh, Gordon was uh, doing his show, he would often play various uh, versions of Cottontail, and some of them were quite unique. But we're going to listen this time around to uh, Terry Gibbs' version of this perennial classic. Thank you very much. And now an alcohol arrangement of a Duke Ellington tune called Cottontail. And we'd like to feature our saxophone section. One, two, three, oh! <laughs>
Uh, the first band I went from I went from Chubby Jackson to to you gotta think I I went to Chubby Jackson to Tommy Dorsey, right? I, I only was there one uh, I quit after one song. I you know I I I, I got called. I was living in New York. I got called to join Tommy Bass in California. My mother those days you've always been to your mother. She wouldn't let me fly. She was afraid for me to fly, so I she got me a compartment on a train. I was on a train for five days, you know, and, and I got there to, uh, to California, and they picked me up at the uh, railroad station, and, and they whisked me out to a place called uh, Casino Ballroom out in Santa Monica out here, and and they got me out there, and I got there about two or three songs before intermission. I set up my vibes, and I think I played a little bit. I don't think I played. I, I, I maybe played on one of the songs. And it had nothing to music, it had nothing to do with what I was trying to learn. I had to listen to Charlie Parker, and all of a sudden they're playing Song of India and all these things, which were great, but it had nothing to do with what I, what I was trying to do. Just met Louis Belson and Charlie Chavers and Vicky Hellman and who else was on the band. And and I went up to the manager after the, there was an intermission, because, you know, after the, uh, I, I, after the tune I played, and I went and I said, Mr. Jacob, I don't know how to tell you this, but I gotta give you my notice. You just got it. And by the way, in, in the music business, if, if, if I give them notice, I quit the band, I have to pay my way home. Get fired, the band leader has to pay my way home. No, 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 I played by all of three minutes. No, half hour, I, I, I don't think I could have stood the half hour. I played all of three minutes. I played a few choruses on, on one of the songs before intermission. And I and I went over and I gave my notice. And I, but I was a gentleman about it. I said, Mr. Jager, I said... I said, I'm listening to some music by Tommy Parker. They didn't know who they were, but he told Tommy Dorsey. Now, Tommy Dorsey was about six foot two, six foot three, and he had a violent temper. Now, I used to, I came from Brooklyn, I used to box, I used to fight. So I, I and, and, and I'm standing with some of the guys, and by the way, in those days, nobody ever quit the Glenn Miller, Benny Goodman, Tommy Dorsey, nobody ever quit those. They fired, you never quit those bands. So I, when I, I'm standing, you know, just meeting Louis Belks, like I said, and Charlie Shavers, and I'm standing there talking with them, and I feel somebody give me a whack on my back of my back, and 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 I, I immediately turned around to protect myself. And this guy looked, even though he was about six foot two, six foot three, he looked about nine foot eight, standing up, looking down at me. He says, "Did you just?" I don't want to say the name. He called me. You little bang bang bang. Did you just quit my band? And I said, Mr. Dorsey, I tried to tell my Charlie Park, I, I subscribed. And I don't care about that. All he said, nobody quits my band. You're fired. I said, well, if you fire me, you got to pay my way home. He said, no, you quit. And walked away. And I paid my home. And I paid my home. Well, no, he made, believe it or not, I had to stay there two, two weeks. I had to work out my two weeks' notice. He wouldn't let me play at all. He, he never let me play. I, and I just sat there turning pages with a bass player. The time I ever played at all. As the last set, he was doing a movie picture, and they had to leave for the last set, and so he had to be up like 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, they were doing that Danny Kaye picture, uh, Five Pennies or something, with Danny Kaye. Uh, they were doing that movie picture, and so he left, and Ziggy Elman would be the straw boss. He took over, and he let me play a little bit. But you know, I, it was wild. I got to a point where there were two, two, I got rhythm and the blues. In A flat and D flat, I have a thing in my head where I, if somebody says, let's play the blues, and they say D flat or A flat, or the I, can, I walk off the stage. I, that's all I played for two weeks. And, and you know, you're 22 years old. And I have so much energy now, which is ridiculous. I'm 108 years old. I, I, and I had all that energy. I wanted to play. And all they gave me was a chorus or something in A flat and D flat. And if you tell me I can rhythm or, or blues in those two keys, I walk off the stage. Well, you know, Terry Gibbs certainly is quite a character. I love those comments about uh, 
when he was playing in Dorsey's band, and when he, he quit the band, and Dorsey said, you're fired, and <laughs> what went on from there, it was uh, quite something. We just heard uh, Cottontail in that last set, and of course some comments from uh, Terry Gibb, Gibbs, rather, and we're going to be listening to more of Terry uh, probably next week. I'll play some more if we have some time or uh, in future editions of, uh, of the show. I'm Randy McElligot, and you're listening to In Transition on CHUOFM. We're going to uh, tone things down a little bit here and listen to some George Shearing. And this is uh, a beautiful version of a composition entitled Bernie's Tune.
That was music from Rex Stewart and the Ellingtons. And we just heard a, a composition called Flim Flam. And just before that, music from pianist George Shearing with Bernie's tune. Let's continue now with some music from Dave Holland. This is from one of Dave's, uh, actually, those of you who don't know who Dave Holland is, he's a bassist who has played with uh, many musicians, including Miles Davis, and he's recorded mainly for the ECM label. Dave Holland, uh, this is from his album Not For Nothing, and we're going to listen to uh, a track called Go Fly A Kite.
that was music from Count Basie. And what did we just listen to there? That was It's Oh So Nice. And just before that, Dave Holland with Go Fly a Kite. I'm Randy McElligot, and you're listening to In Transition on CHUOFM. We're just continuing to play some uh, fine jazz this afternoon and trying to get some requests in as well. We're going to listen now to uh, an alumni of Chick Corea's band, Frank Gambale, from uh, an album that's uh, dedicated to the music of John Coltrane. Now, this album is called Giant Steps in Fusion Guitar, and it features various guitarists like uh, Mike Stern is on the album, Frank Gambale, of course, is on the album, Larry Coryell is on the album, Greg Howe uh, plays as well, and they all do um, um, Coltrane compositions. So it makes for an interesting uh, tribute. We're going to listen to um, Frank Gambale's version of uh, Lazy Bird, and then after that, uh, we're going to take a trip to, let's see, Jamaica. And we're going to listen to some Monty Alexander from his album, Ivory and Steel. We're going to listen to a track called Crying. <laughs>
The music of Monty Alexander. That was a beautiful tune entitled Crying. It was taken from his album Ivory and Steel. I have to tell you a funny story about uh, Monty Alexander. A few years ago, uh, actually it was quite a few years ago, at the Montreal International Jazz Festival, Monty Alexander was playing in a venue. It was a very small um, venue on St. Denis Street. It wasn't a theater. It was, a, I think, a library or something like that. And right in the middle of one of his songs, he yells in the back, Bobby, come up here and join me. And he was uh, yelling at Bobby Enriquez, the uh, Filipino jazz pianist. So Bobby went up uh, up on stage, and the two of them sat down at the piano, and they just blew the place apart. It was actually quite, a, quite an event and uh, something to listen to. Before uh, Monty, we heard uh, guitarist Frank Gambale from uh, an album called Giant Steps in Fusion Guitar. It's a tribute to John Coltrane, and we heard Lazy Bird. I think one of uh, Canada's better-known guitarists, and I think most influential guitarists, next to Ed Bickert, would have to be Lenny Bro. And Lenny, uh, there's an album called The Velvet Touch. He does a beautiful version of Toot Stillman's composition, Bluesette, and we're going to listen to that right now.
from drummer Jack Dejnet. That was India, taken from his album Special Edition. And just before that, we heard some music from Lenny Bro and his version of Bluesette. We're going to move right along here with some music from a band called Prophets of Time and Space. And I love the name of that band. They, uh, they are a band comprised of several musicians, and one of them that, uh, that popped out when I saw the, uh, the, um, uh, the name of, not only the name of the band, but who were in the band, was violinist uh, Jerry Goodman. Now, Jerry Goodman goes way, way back to the late 60s, early 70s, when he was playing with the Mahavishnu Orchestra, and then he went on to play with uh, Jan Hammer, and various other musicians, and I've always loved his style of playing. He plays electric violin, and uh, he makes quite a valuable contribution on this album, which is entitled Vibrations. We're going to listen to uh, a tune called Meat and Potatoes. Now, it's not M-E-A-T, it's M-E-E-T and Potatoes. So this is music from Prophets of Time and Space.
just heard some music from pianist Stanley Cowell. Stanley's a pianist that you don't hear much of these days, but uh, a few years ago he released an album called Brilliant Circles, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and we heard Boo Ann's Grand. And uh, maybe sometime in the future I'll play more of his material. I'm Randy McElligot, and you've been listening to In Transition on CHUO-FM. Don't forget, coming up at the top of the hour, Aussie with German news, muse, and commentary. German uh, news uh, and commentary until uh, 5 o'clock this afternoon. Have a great week. Bye for now. Thank you.